few years back when I had just come to Liberdeville, it was actually around spring break, and someone told me, Father, if you ever want to go and steal someone's house, go during spring break. So that's why everyone is out of town. That's why you have some few people around, because you know most of our families are traveling. But today we come celebrating the fourth Sunday of Lent. And our gospel we have today is a gospel we've come to call the gospel of the prodigal son. Now, some of us are going to surprise today because we use that word very wrongly all the time. But as I begin this preaching, I'm going to ask you three questions. Ask you to think about these questions throughout my sermon and see how they speak to you. The first one is, what does God think of you? What does God think of you? The second, what's God's opinion of you? What's God's opinion of you? And the third, who is God to you? Who is God to you? Because the way you see God, if you see God as a judge, uh, a demanding taskmaster, you're going to face God with hopelessness, hopelessness. If you see God as a loving father, you have a choice to make. The choice is to go and embrace this love the Father has for you. So the way you see God is going to impact the way you face God. And our gospel we have today, it's a, the gospel we call the prodigal son. Prodigal, the prodigal son. I can't help myself that every time I read this gospel, I really feel so sad for this fat, fat uh, this calf, the fattened calf. So the, this crazy boy comes back home, the calf dies, because having a party. He was very unhappy when he saw him coming back, and he's going to be the victim. But this gospel today, it's all about the, how God sees us. It's not how we see God, but how God sees us. We see the son comes and says to his father, Father, I don't, say, I don't like to do anything with you. Give me the show of my life, and I'm out of your life. Basically saying, I wish you were dead. Because inheritance, you're supposed to receive it when your parent dies. So he's telling him, you're dead to me. The father gives out his, uh, his belongings to this guy. But we, call, we always say, father, pray for my prodigal son, prodigal daughter. We associate that word with someone who's kind of rebellious, someone who's lost, someone who's maybe waywardness. But actually, Jesus never called his son the prodigal son. In the entire, he doesn't say this boy is prodigal. No, we called him prodigal. I don't know why we called him prodigal. But I was searching the meaning of prodigal and I'm actually surprised. Prodigal means exceedingly generous and lavishly wasteful. That's prodigal. Exceedingly generous and lavishly wasteful. So if we begin to look, look for who is prodigal in this gospel, is on the son, the younger son. He's an idiot. He takes his father's money and goes and wastes it. He's, he's a party animal, much like his father, because when he comes back, the father throws, throws a party for him. So in this scripture, actually, prodigal is the father, who is exceedingly generous and lavishly wasteful. So when the son goes, he says, give me the share of my inheritance, exceedingly generous, he says, here it is. When he comes back home, lavishly 
exceeding solve another party for him. The father is the prodigal in the gospel, not the son. So what happens when the son comes back to his senses? He says, I'm going to go back to my father's house. Maybe some of us have said those words someday in our life when we felt we were being lost. Say, I need to go back to my father's house. When he comes back home, he says, I'm going to tell my father the following words. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. He does his practice. When he goes there, what happens? When this father catches sight of him, he feels compassion for him. Then the father runs to him, embraces him, hugs him, kisses him before the confession. The father runs to him, hugs him, and kisses him before he says, I'm sorry, before the confession. So the confession comes last. So don't say, I'll father just accept my confession and take me back home. No, God has been waiting. That's all of us in this story. We're the son, the young son. But once he says, I am sorry, what happens? The father orders three things to be done. He says, give him the best robe. Now, the best robe was only given to a favorite child. Now, I know parents always don't want to admit this. Parents do have favorite children. But when all the kids are around, they can't say who. Oh, but you know, you don't have favorite children. So he says, give him the purple uh, robe, the best robe. It's for favorite children. What does that represent? Restoration of his dignity. Say, you are my child. I'm restoring your dignity that you squandered away. Then he says, put sandals in his feet. Back in the day, slaves went barefoot. So when he came back home barefoot, he was a slave. The father says, he's not a slave in my house. Give him sandals. He's restoring his identity. Then he says, give him the ring. What does the ring represent? Authority. Now you can conduct business in my name. I give you the authority. So the father restores this boy his, his dignity, identity, and his authority. Then what happens? The party begins. Now there's another problem. The older son. So the older son also comes home. Now he doesn't want to get in because the father is welcoming this lost boy. He's furious. He's mad at his father. But the father says one thing which we all must take today. He says, my son, everything I have is yours. That's what we are in God's house. Everything God has is ours. The best thing God has is the gift of the Holy Spirit, which has given all of us. He says, everything I have is yours. So we have two sons in a house, but they're all lost. One was lost, he went away, distant country. Another's been in a home, but still he doesn't know who his father is. He thinks he's treated by a slave by overworking him, by following the father's orders. This gospel is challenging us into things. I want you to imagine if the oldest son saw the young boy coming back fast. What would have happened? Of course, he's going to yell at him. Who gives the power to think and walk, off, walk, walk back here? You wasted all our property, all our belongings, blah, 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 blah. So there are three, two reasons why people don't come back home. One, 
they are afraid of their father. They think their father is a taskmaster. They don't know their father is a prodigal father, a loving father, the prodigal love of the father. Second is the elder brother. And most times, that's us. who are here in the church already. We're the, we're the elder brothers. When they come, yeah, we judge them. We criticize them. We chase them away. But God is asking us, we should be welcoming like the Father's love. I know a woman who was my friend in Palatine, and every day she prayed for her husband to change, to become back to, come back to the, to the church. And she prayed every day. She made petitions in mass, in the rosaries. And one time the husband comes back home, comes back to church. We're all surprised, oh, but we're excited for her. Well, your prayers have been answered. She, became it, she made it impossible for the man to live in church. She told him, you have to say the rosary every day, say divine mercy, say evening prayers, have to fast, give up drinking. She made his life impossible to live. Finally, a man walked out and says, I can't handle this. Never came back to church. And one night, the man was on a business trip. She packed up his things and left. What a waste. She prayed for him to come back home. And when the man was coming home, trying to begin his journey, she put all her clothes in him, suffocated him. I met his son, her son, a few, few years later. The son, asked, we're talking about the, her mom, and says, Father, we are not good enough for her. So the challenge is here. We, the elder brothers, elder sisters in faith, we should be watchful. We can either be the connecting bridge, bring them back to God, or we can be the one preventing them from coming back to their loving Father. So it's our mission today, God asking us, says, this is the image of the Father I have, this is who God I am. The prodigal love of your Father has no limit. We should go and allow people to come experience their God's, their love of their Father. There'll be a million reasons not to come back home. Actually, there'll be even a million reasons to leave your father. But if we know who our father is, we won't have any reason to live because we know in our father's home, we're at home. Let us pray, asking God to give us the grace today to have the true image of who God is. He's a loving God who lavishes his love on all of us and wants us to bring this love into our world to others. And by doing so, we become our father's children. The Lord be with you.